Hey, thanks so much for choosing the Haven House of Revival Sermon of the Week. We pray that this sermon impacts your heart and inspires you to change your life and the world around you for God. Please enjoy the message. How are you guys doing? Good? Good morning so far. Yeah? Has it been a good morning for you guys? Okay, you're going to find that I like to be interactive. But... Man, this morning, I can't get away from, like, I've been prepping and um, for a couple weeks now. And I feel like the worship just took me through my whole sermon. And even pre-service prayer and everything. And I'm just, like, in awe of the Holy Spirit. And I can't get away from, okay, my message, super fun topic. I feel like it's surrounding pain, which is really exciting to share with you. We're going to talk about pain. Not very many cheers. That's okay, but that's where we've been this morning, if you've noticed that. The Lord is already doing healing. The Lord is already causing things to surface right from when Sarah was sharing at the start. She started sharing, bring your hurts, bring your disappointments, be vulnerable, be honest with the Lord. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is like my message. Come to the Lord in vulnerability. Come to the Lord through tension. Come to the Lord through pain and through prayer. I felt to talk today about connected prayer. Prayer that is connected to the heart of the Lord. And I prayed one of these prayers when I was preparing. And I think I shared this last week during testimonies. But I prayed. So when when I speak, I don't like to just speak out of study and knowledge, even though I like to do some of that, I really like to speak out of encounter and revelation. So I was preparing and I just, I prayed a connected prayer. I prayed a prayer, Lord, would you like wreck me? Would you encounter me? Give me something for our congregation today. Something from you, something from your heart. And I started listening to this intercession song. It was instrumental with prayer over top of it. And guess what it was called? (laughs) The gift of tears. So what did I get wrecked with? (sighs) Tears. I wept. And then I wept again. And I felt like the Lord was causing pain that was within me to actually come up. And as I was standing there in worship this morning, during the song Praise, I felt like this pain was within me that wasn't just mine. I feel like there's pain within us, within you, within me. Maybe pain that you feel like you've dealt with before, but today there's a little bit more that the Lord wants to bring up. Because pain, let me tell you, pain, when we just stuff it down and it's not actually healed, it's still in there. We think, I don't feel it anymore. I've dealt with it. It's in the past. It's years ago. But if it's not dealt with, it's in there. It actually needs to surface. And you actually need to feel it. Super fun. As I was preparing, I'm weeping my face off, feeling pain, not even knowing how that was going to interpret to what what I share with you guys. I'm just weeping, almost grieving different seasons of my life. And so today, as we talk together, I want to give you permission to feel. Maybe you already have 
during some of the service, many people were up at the front. And just because you weren't doesn't mean you weren't going through things with the Lord. But I want to give you permission for more things to surface between you and the Lord, for vulnerability, and not to just shove it back down. Because it has to come out so that you can move to the other side of it. So that like we sang at the end about the power of God being released, he wants to release power for you and through you and in your life. But that pain, that pain, I felt like I was standing here during the song of praise and I felt like I couldn't worship. Some of us don't, in this room don't even realize that that's what's keeping you in disconnect from the Lord is pain and trauma. And I didn't plan to start here, but here we are. <laughs> and this is what's actually keeping you. You've wondered, why can't I connect with the Lord and worship? I see all these, maybe you're like, I see all these people raising their hands and worshiping, and I, I can't get there. I want to give you permission today to let your heart feel. I really feel like some things, they've already been surfacing, and they're going to surface more as we get into the message of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I didn't plan to share on that either, but the whole gift of tears thing was basically all about that. And oh my gosh, there's so much emotion in that chapter. If you have your Bibles, whew, you can turn to John 11. I'm feeling, I'm feeling. I don't know what all I'm feeling, but I'm feeling. Um, John chapter 11. What I want to do to you, do to you, do with you, uh, words. What I want to do with you today is actually humanize Jesus. In this chapter, is the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. And we're going to get there, but there's a lot of emotion that happens before that. I don't know if you feel a lot or if you're scared of emotion, but God is an emotional God. Let me tell you, I used to I not even know that, not realize that. I used to think emotions were bad. God is the creator of them, and he feels deeply. So we're going to walk through this passage a little bit together and talk through some of it. Do most people in this room know who Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are? Most people? Let me give you a little bit of context. They're a sibling group, okay? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were a group of siblings who Jesus probably met when he was like 13 years old. So we don't have a lot written on Jesus's earlier life, but it's speculated that he actually was good friends with them, that he grew up with them, that every time Jesus's family would travel to Jerusalem for Passover, that they would actually stop in this little hamlet called Bethany and spend time with this family. So they grew up together. And then some people have also studied it out and said, as Jesus, 10, 20 years later in his 30s, as he traveled for ministry, that he also, every time he would travel to Jerusalem, he would stop in and he would see his good friends. His friends. Jesus was human. A lot of us have good friends. And Jesus was deeply connected with these people. Like, Jesus loves everyone, obviously, but he was also human. And when you're human, I want you to think about who are your deep, close friends? Who are your deep connections? Because I want you actually to put yourself in Jesus' shoes. 
in Mary and Martha's shoes as we walk through some of this story to allow your heart to open up today. There was a word given about glass shattering. There's walls that he wants to break down around our hearts today. So I encourage you, I urge you, open your heart with me today. Open your heart to what he wants to say. I just want to pray over this passage of scripture. Then we're just going to read some of it. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you this morning. I am so thankful for you, Holy Spirit. I am so thankful for how good you are, how gentle you are, how tender you are. And we just say, do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. We lay down any walls. Just tell them in your own heart, in your own words, I open up my heart to you. Yeah, and would you just bring anything to the surface this morning that still needs healing, that just needs your gentle touch this morning? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay. John 11, verse 1. We're going to read a couple of verses and then talk about it. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha, like we talked about. And this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. So her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. So we'll pause there. Some versions say, what did this version say? <laughs> your dear friend. Some versions say the one whom you loved. Jesus was human. It's also speculated that Lazarus was one of his close friends. So he gets word. Your close friend whom you love is very sick. And like I said, these weren't just random people to him, to Jesus. These were people that he actually knew. So I want you to put yourself in those shoes. If you got a message saying that somebody that you've known for 10, 20 years of your life is very sick, how would you start to feel? Probably a longing to be with them, a longing to go to them, hurt, compassion, could be a whole wide variety of things, anger at sickness. So we're going to read verses four to six. Just keep yourself in those shoes. But when Jesus heard about it all, heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, there it is again. He loved them. They were dear friends to him. They were important to him. He stayed where he was for the next two days. So Jesus receives this message, right? Your, de your dear friend is very sick. And yet Jesus knows how the story is going to end from beginning to end. And he, so Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. But I imagine in his heart, he longed as a human being to go stop the pain of death, the pain from happening to his friends, that he wanted to step in. But he knew he had to wait. Why? Because that was best. Because that's what the Father said to do. Because it would bring more glory to him. So I want to talk to you for a second about seasons of waiting. Martha and Mary had to wait. And they knew they were loved by Jesus. They knew, it said it, 
They knew that Jesus loved them, yet he made them wait. And I want to ask you if you've ever been in those seasons where it feels like the deepest and nearest thing to you, the deepest and nearest thing to you that you need from Jesus is forgotten. Let me say that again. Have you ever been in a season where the thing that you need from Jesus in a deep way, you feel like it's forgotten or it dies? I know I have. Why is Jesus waiting? Why isn't he coming when he knows I'm in pain? These are real questions, honest, vulnerable questions, like Sarah mentioned at the start, that we can bring to him. Because verse 7 says that Jesus finally went, but that Lazarus had been in the tombs for four, the tomb for four days. Have you ever felt like Jesus was four days late for you? I felt like he's more than four days late for me. Heck, years at times. Okay, and it's okay to allow our hearts to feel these things. Have you ever felt that? Like, Jesus, why didn't you show up? Like, okay, in my human brain, logically, I know he cares for them, and wouldn't he want to stop stop death, stop them from feeling pain? Because he loves them. That's love. And he's like, actually, I'm more concerned about what happens to your heart and the delay than just coming and fixing something for you. I'm more concerned about what happens to your heart and the delay than just being the God who just fixes things. That's what he's after. He's after our hearts. He's after the deep things of our hearts, these deep questions, these deep tensions. And so as Jesus was four days late, what you're going to see, because we're talking about prayer, connected prayer, what you're going to see is two kinds of prayer that start to surface. There's a type of prayer that surfaces that knows everything, that knows it in their head, has knowledge. That's Martha, what you're going to see. But it didn't, her prayer didn't move heaven. Guys, I want to pray prayers that move heaven. And then you see Mary, who has developed intimacy with Jesus. She was the one who sat at his feet. Martha was the one distracted with many things and comes to Jesus. This is in Luke. Comes to Jesus and says, Lord, make her help me. I'm busy. I'm trying to host you. And he's like, Martha, Martha. I don't have the verse right in front of me, but I know it says Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha, you are distracted by many things, but one thing is needed. I think it actually says, like, you're worried about many things. And I was like, I can relate with Martha. He's like, but Mary has chosen the better thing, to be with me. (laughs) My husband's giving me the eyes (laughs) because he knows I'm a doer. I like to, like, do things. And I think Martha was valuing Jesus by hosting. That was her way of showing I value you. But he was... wanting to realign the things in her heart and say, no, 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 no. Being with me is more important. That's what I need you to value. So when it comes to this story, Mary is the one who has spent time with Jesus. And we're talking about prayer that is connected, being a person who has been connected to his heart. To be connected, you have to spend time with someone. 
like my husband. I know that he has my back. I know that he knows my heart. Sometimes I feel like he knows me better than I know myself. I'm like, fine, I'll listen to you. Right? But because we've invested in relationship. Friendships, it takes time to get to know each other. Mary spent the time. She was connected to Jesus. And it's her prayer that you're going to see that moves heaven, that moves Jesus into action. Okay, we're going to read verse 17. A couple verses. Verse 17 says, When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Let's pause right there. I feel like I have skipped over that verse many times. But Mary stayed in the house. Mary the one who had intimacy with Jesus, the one who was connected to Jesus, the one who loved Jesus, stayed in the house. Martha went out, the one who's less close to him. And I got thinking about this verse. I think Mary was hurting. Why do I think that? Because I've been there. She cried out for help. They sent a message to Jesus. Jesus, the one whom you love is sick. Come, help, help. I know they knew who Jesus was. They've grown up with him. They have history. They know, you're going to see, they know he's the Messiah. They know what he's capable of. They see him doing miracles. She's cried out for help. I know who you are. Come, help. It's only literally a few, he was a few miles away. And yet, he didn't show up for her. And I can imagine the tension in her heart, the questions of why I know you love me. I see you helping other people. I see you doing things for other people. But what about the thing that's nearest and dearest to my heart? Have you forgotten me? I see her heart in this verse coming through, fighting through that tension. Why? Because I've been there. I've been in seasons where I feel heartbroken between me and the Lord where I'm like, God, I see that you care about that person's dream. I see that you care about something important to them. I see you moving in power over here. But what about the thing that I care the most about right now? Where are you? And why aren't you showing up for me? And being in that place of tension, being able to be vulnerable with the Lord, that's a connected prayer, being able to come to him in it. And I see Mary in this place, where she's in pain, she doesn't understand. I don't know if you've been there, where I've been, where Mary's been. But it's real. And sometimes we don't acknowledge it, we just shove it down. I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't think this way towards the Lord. And he's like, I already know. Like, bring it to me. Like Mario was saying, bring your sacrifices to me. Bring it to me. Okay, we're going to keep reading verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, so Martha goes out, Mary stays back. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Verse 23, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. 
Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Just seeing how far I'm going here. Oh, yeah, verse 25. Okay, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? He just used the word believe three times. Okay, when Jesus repeats himself, it's kind of important. Okay, do we believe him? Do we believe? Martha, do you believe in me? I know I kept you waiting. I know I was four days late. I know you felt forgotten, but, you, but do you believe? He's trying to bring something out in her heart. It's often why Jesus asks questions, I think, to actually cause things in our heart to come up and to surface. Verse 27. Yes, Lord, she told him, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. So like I said, they knew who he was. They knew what he was capable of. Keep getting lost. Verse 28, then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. I love this because this is my interpretation of it, but he, Jesus knows that Mary's hurting. And often when we're hurting, we isolate from the Lord, like what Mary did. She had intimacy with him. She had connection with him. She had close relationship, yet she was hurting. So she pulled back. She didn't go out to him. And he knew that. And so he said, can you bring her to me? He called out to her. Sometimes we think when we're in seasons of pain that we're forgotten and that we're alone, yet he's often calling out to us. He's calling out to us, come to me. And I pray that my heart's response will always be what Mary's was. She Mary immediately went to him. Immediately. I pray that that's going to be my response and your response when we hear the Lord calling to us and that we won't even isolate in the first place. That we'll go to him with our hearts, with our vulnerable hearts. So verse 30. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going, she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet. Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. So she runs to his feet. He calls to her and she runs and she falls at his feet. And she says the same words that Martha said. Lord, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Yet his heart is moved. He was deeply troubled. It's a prayer that moved the heart of Jesus. And you can tell that she was in that tension. She was at his feet weeping. She was in the mystery. That's where we end up some guys, sometimes, guys, when we're in the waiting. We're in the mystery. But yet she came to him not understanding, feeling like, why didn't you show up? I know that you love us. Why weren't you here? 
but yet she's in the place of refusing to let go of faith. And we've talked about that this morning, faith and trust. She's in both places, and that's okay. Sometimes we feel like before we can go to God, we have to have it all figured out. We don't. Look at Mary. She moved his heart in the tension, in the place of pain, in the place of questioning, in the place of doubts, fears, but faith. She still had confidence in who she was. Why? Because she had spent time with him. I urge you, whatever season you're in, maybe you're not in a season of pain. It's probably going to come someday. (laughs) Spend the time connecting with him now so that when those seasons come and crap hits the fan, you know who to run to. You're not running to all the old vices and all the old things that have filled us. You feel safe. So what I feel for today that he wants us to know that he's safe. That he actually calls to us. He doesn't leave us alone when we're in pain. Like he called to Mary. Because he's safe. And I can definitely relate with her in being in those places of waiting. Some of you know mine and Jaren's story to try and have a baby. Some of you don't. We're pregnant. Like Sarah shared. But It was a journey to get here. And we're so thankful to be where we're at. But the journey, in the journey, there was a lot of waiting, a lot of questions. And it felt like a very long time after being married for about a year, we were were open. We were open to having a baby. And now we're pregnant and the baby's going to be born right around our fourth anniversary. So it was a good couple years. Um, and you know, when you're ready to have a family, you think it'll happen. I don't know if some of you have been there, maybe you will someday. It's just, it's going to happen. And for some people it does. And that's amazing. That's amazing. I don't want people to go through what we've had to walk through because it's been a lot of, especially for me, a lot of tears, a lot of fear surfacing, a lot of unknowns, and it broke me time after time, and I would try to go to him in the tension, and I started to learn in the journey that he was, like I said, he was more about what happens to my heart and the delay than about just giving us the gift. It didn't always make it easier, month after month after month of disappointment. (laughs) He's shaking his head. No, because he saw all the tears, all the all the fears, everything that, when it wouldn't happen, time after time again. But it was in that tension that I would try. I didn't do it perfectly, but I would try to come to come to the Lord and bring bring these the mystery like like Mary, and try to fight for hope. I felt like it was a fight in my heart for hope. It was a fight for faith. And that was the journey. Because I feel like in the waiting, you guys, he's not looking for all the right answers. He's not looking for all the right prayers. Like, look at Martha. She said the same thing Mary said. And a lot more smart stuff. It was really good grammar. (laughs) Right? She knew the stuff. 
but I want to be someone who knows the stuff because I know the Lord and am known by the Lord. And I believe that he's actually inviting us and he's asking us that in these moments, will we actually allow them to cut us? Or will we just push them aside and assume they're going to get better? Will we actually allow him to cut deep within us to cause us to learn and relearn and do the work that he wants to do in our hearts in the delay? Maybe there's things that you've been waiting on the Lord for for years, for longer than four days. Maybe it's been days. Maybe it's been months. I urge you, let him do the work that he wants to do in you in the delay to the best of your ability. It doesn't have to be perfect. Look at Mary. She was a freaking mess. Right? If I can say that. She was at his feet weeping. Weeping is not pretty. Snotty, teary. Should I go on? Right? She's at his feet a mess. And yet he's like, come to me. Come to me in your mess. He's calling us. He's calling you guys. I feel like he's inviting us to get, go beyond the place of mystery, to just invite faith into it. Invite a little bit of faith into the mystery. It's simple. It's not that complicated. He said it's okay to be in the mystery. It's okay to have doubts, all of these things. But come to me. Come to me. My heart, I feel like he's saying, like, my heart is wide open. And for our journey to try and get pregnant and it taking what felt like forever, it was like I knew some of the things, like Martha. I know that he's the giver of life. I know that God is a father. I know that he is for family. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And I felt like he's trying to get into here. Do you really believe? Like he said to Martha, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Because it's easy to know it. It's easy to recite it. But when crap hits the fan, it's a little bit harder to know it. And those are the moments that he wants to cut into to allow to surface so that we can actually know it deep within. Because Martha knew a lot. But guys, I don't want us to be people who just know it. I want us to be people who move heaven with our words, with our prayers. All they did, Mary did was talk to him, and she moved him. And the reason why is because she spent time with him. No matter what it is that we're walking through, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like for us and all the trips to the fertility clinics, that was a really hard journey for me. To even just go to the doctor about it, about fertility. Why? Because it caused a lot of fears to surface. About what if this dream that I have to have a family, speaking of babies, <laughs> to have a family, to raise kids with my husband, what about if I can't make that happen? What about if something's wrong with me? And it was this deep fear that I had to face that, that rose up. You can ask some of the people who we walked with closely, too. It was like this fear and this anxiety. And, 
and I had to overcome it. And it was a journey. But in trip after trip to the clinics and the testing and the tubes and all the different things, <laughs> it was a journey and not always fun. And I would try and lean in and talk to the Holy Spirit in those moments because it doesn't have to look perfect. It doesn't have to be in the right place or the right situation. But I would just try and talk to him. As best as I remembered, as best as I could, I would bring him in, connected, just talking. He wants to be brought into these moments, not just the pretty moments of our lives. He wants to be brought into these deep moments of our lives. He's calling us. And that's how we become people who actually move his heart. When we can pray those prayers, when... We can be a mess. Ugh. Let's get into the part where his heart gets moved and he does the stuff. Because it's good. Okay? So verse 33. I'm reread that. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her. So this is Mary's at his feet, weeping. A deep anger welled up with him. And remember, picture Jesus. He's human. Right? Close your eyes if you need to. Jesus, he's there he is, surrounded by people wailing, surrounded with Mary at his feet, weeping. And he knows the tension she's in. And it says that he was deeply troubled and anger welled up within him. And he asks, where have you put him? And they told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. He wept. And I believe when he wept, he was actually showing us his vulnerable heart. He was opening up the heart of creator God, letting us in, saying, when you're hurting, I'm right there with you. I haven't forgotten you. In those seasons of disappointment where it feels like you're abandoned, I'm actually right there weeping with you. I believe that he was weeping tears of compassion for his friends that he dearly loved I believe he was weeping tears of righteous anger at death and the pain that it causes to the human race. Yet also knowing that he's about to go conquer death on the cross. He's opening up his heart. And I believe that he wants to actually tenderize our hearts today to see him in a new way. To see him as the weeping God. That he's with us. So let him tenderize our hearts. We're not alone because in seasons of pain, we tend to want to isolate. We feel like we're alone. And we make ourselves feel more alone when we isolate, being there. And he's like, no, come to me. Surround yourself with people who love me. Because we want to see him move. But are we willing to be people who are so connected to him that we come to him in confidence, that we come to him in trust and intention, that we don't wait till we have it all worked out, that we come to him in the fears, that we come to him in the mystery, in the tears, when all their solutions seem to have failed. Will we be those people, vulnerable and exposed? Because that's how he is. Arms wide open, the weeping God, his heart open, vulnerable and exposed to you and to me saying come like this picture Rachel did you do this whole picture today 
oh my gosh. Like, I was looking at this and got emotional during worship too because I'm like, frick, that's like, that's what I'm talking on too. Like, to me, this is how I'm interpreting it, is that like, and this might not be quite what you were thinking, but she came to him in her pain. She's in pain. You can see by the blood. And he, open arms, brings her in. But she came to him. We're going to call her Mary and Jesus, okay? She came to him in her pain. She's even in mourning clothes. Very nice ones. <laughs> but I just thought that was really profound, too. If you need a visual, stare at that. She's in pain, and yet he's embracing her. He's just so happy that she came. And it just looks like he's just wrapping his head right around her. Why? Because he loves his friends. He loves you, friends, so dearly, so deeply. He never wants you to feel alone. And it's this place, it's that place right there that actually moves Jesus into action. How do we know that? Let's read verse, the next verse. Uh, 36. So Jesus wept. And the people who were standing nearby said, See how much he loved him. But some said, This man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Pause. They're in the tension too. God, I've seen what you can do. I've seen you do miracles. Couldn't you have kept him alive? And I felt like that was some of our journey too. Of God, I've seen, I, I see other people getting pregnant. I see you giving life. I see you giving dreams and fulfillment to other people. But where are you for me? Where are you? And being willing to ask these questions because they're there whether we vocalize them or not. Sometimes we just have to actually allow them to surface. And sometimes we need to get in the car and yell at God. I don't know if you've ever done that, but you're allowed to. Yeah, yeah, Andrew, you and me. <laughs> right? Sometimes you need to get on the ground and weep your face off. It looks different for everyone. Yeah, so they were in the tension. That's the, the tension. So verse 38. So again, put yourself in Jesus' shoes. He was still angry, so he was full of emotion. He's probably wiping the tears from his eyes. He had wept. One more comment on weeping. Jesus was surrounded by a lot of people when this happened. In the verses um, where it says Mary ran out to him, it said that everyone followed her. So Jesus was surrounded by probably Sadducees, Pharisees, critics, skeptics, disciples, friends. And yet he's weeping. He's willing to be with you in the pain wherever you're at. His heart is open. His heart is exposed. So at this point, he's probably wiping the tears from his eyes. He's still, you know, welled up with emotion. And he's still angry as he arrived, verse 38, at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. We literally sang a song that said, roll the stones away. Rolled, rolled the, what was the lyric? Rolled the stone away in that last song. Right, Rod? I was like, oh, my goodness. See, it was all connected. So good. Um, where was I? Okay, roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. 
Verse 39, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. At this point, I'm like, Martha, just be quiet. Like, like, I don't know if you can, like, connect with that too, but, like, I can also connect with her and be like, well, logically, it's going to smell. Like, what are you doing? Like, she was still working on her faith. She was still working on her belief, right? And she's like, why are you going to roll that stone aside? It's going to reek. And so he responds very gracefully to her. In verse 40, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in graves cloths, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. You guys, we all want to see God move. We want to see him move in power, like we were singing about in that last song. But are we willing to be like Mary? Like Mary. That's what moved his heart into action. Because she came to him as a mess. And that's what moved him to raise Lazarus from the dead. He moved in power. Why? Because she moved his heart. Martha didn't, but Mary did. Why? I believe it's because she had connection. She had intimacy. She knew him. So I urge us, I invite you today, get to know him. So that when those seasons come, you have that mustard seed of faith amidst the mystery. I also believe that, you know, he literally is waiting and desires to move on our behalf. He was waiting for Mary to come to him. So much so that he called out to her. Come to me. And then she had to open up her heart. And then after she did that, resurrection power was released. That's the kind of prayer I'm talking about today. How many of you want to see resurrection power in your lives? Yes. In your families. In the world around you. So are you willing to be the ones who are so close in connection with Jesus with open hearts to come to him that we just simply need to talk to him. Guys, it's so simple today. Actually, Sarah, if you want to come up on keys, we're almost going to wrap up here. It's all about connection today. That desire to see him move. I believe that we are also called to be people who move in power and release the kingdom. Last week we sang about pulling down the kingdom, pulling down the kingdom to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I believe we're called to be those people, but that's a whole nother message. Today we're talking about being people of prayer. And it's so simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate Christianity. It's so simple. Be someone who comes to Jesus and you're gonna move his heart. Philippians 4, 6 talks about it simplifies prayer for us too um it says don't worry about anything but pray about everything 
Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. It's so simple. Don't worry about anything. Tell God what you need. If that's our practical for prayer today. Literally, I've put on, I just started to do this, but I started putting on some intercession, some instrumental stuff. And just taking this verse and being like, okay, it's so simple. Because some of us need to pray more. Some of you need to start a prayer life. Let's simplify it. Philippians 4, 6. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Tell him what you need. That's what Mary did. She came to him. Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. There's such faith and there's such confidence in her statement. Because she knew what God is like. If only you had been here. What, what did I need from you? I needed you here. And she was willing to tell him that in her own words, in her own mess. I needed you here. But I do believe that if you, I believe if you had been here, everything would have been different. He'd be alive. Tell him what you need. And then thank him. Thank him when he comes through. Give him the glory that, that was the start of this whole chapter, was that God would get more glory from the waiting. Thank him for what he does. Sometimes we forget to do that. I forget to do that. And we can do that in the little and in the small. Like the little prayers matter. We get to see his kingdom in our lives by praying little connected prayers. Whatever that looks like. Bringing our fears to him. Even if they seem silly. The other week... Jaron was flying up to Edmonton, taking two planes, and he was driving a truck back. And it sounds silly, but I was a bit afraid. And I was going to miss him. So I went to the Lord with that, with my silly fear, and said, God, just keep him safe. Bring him home to me. So I love him very much. And then he came home safe to me, obviously. <laughs> And it sounds stupid and little, but that was God's kingdom happening in my week. Being released through my prayer. Through my connected prayer. When I prayed, I brought my fear to the Lord. He's okay with it. Sometimes we think we have to rid ourselves of all the stuff. He's like, let me help you do it. Come to me. Let me heal you. Open up your heart to me. My heart's open to you. And so that's what I feel like to end with today. I feel like there's a little bit more healing that he wants to do, that he wants to release. So if you want to close your eyes, it's going to be chill. I feel like just sit, keep your eyes closed. And if there's anything that's surfaced for you today, emotionally, fears, tears, doubts. I want you to just think about that. Because if we don't let ourselves ever feel the pain, we're just shoving it back down there for however many more years. We're just going to sit here for a minute, whatever that circumstance is. And if there isn't a season of pain coming to mind, thank him for what he's doing. Tell him what you need. It doesn't have to be about seasons of pain. It just has to be about authenticity and connection with the Lord. 
in whatever season you're in. He just desires an authentic heart. So keep your eyes closed. If you're feeling any emotions, just allow yourself to feel them, whatever they are. Whatever circumstances or things have come to mind, just focus on them. And then I want you to picture Jesus in front of you with your eyes closed. Picture Jesus in front of you. Open arms, compassionate, kind, vulnerable. And as you picture him in front of you, I want to invite you to give him what's on your heart. If that helps, put your hand over your heart. And when you're ready, just Picture that Jesus' hands are open in front of you and just place whatever you're experiencing, just place it in his hands. Keep your eyes closed. And I want you to see what Jesus does with it. Take whatever you're feeling, whenever you feel ready, and maybe you don't feel ready yet today. Maybe it's something you need to go home and do. But picturing Jesus with his hands open and taking the pain, taking whatever it is that's in your heart, and just even extending your hand and placing it in his hands. And I want you to just see what Jesus does with it. I did this uh, one time regarding walls surrounding my heart. I felt like I had hardness and bitterness and all of that, just these walls. And I just put, placed my hands over my heart. And I just, when I felt ready, I placed these walls in his hands. And what did Jesus do with them? It was like he had, he had, like I, he was cupping his hands and he just like dropped them and closed his hands again and smiled at me. And it was like he was saying, Janine, these weren't a big deal. Like things that we feel are such a big deal, to him he's just waiting for you to come to him. He's just waiting for us to give them to him. He's so gentle. So Holy Spirit, I just invite you into these places. Jesus, meet us there. Meet us in these places of tension, of pain, of the unknowns. And Holy Spirit, would you come today and would you release healing? Would you take away some of this pain? I just removed trauma from this room in Jesus' name. 
and I release healing over hearts. Holy Spirit, would you come by your spirit and do what only you can do. Today is a divine appointment for some people in this room. Would you come by your spirit, heal hearts, take away the pain. Thank you that you don't leave us there. You're with us. You weep with us through the pain so that you can move into resurrection power in our life. You walk with us through it so you can take us out the other side. So would you do that for each one in this room today who needs that? Secondly, I feel like he wants to release desire today. That he wants to release desire for connection with him. So if that's you, even just put your hands out. And I'm just going to pray, invite him to give that to us. Desire to be people who move his heart. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you release desire? Would you shatter the walls, shatter the glass barriers that have kept us from your heart? The fears that it's going to be too hard that if you ask more from me, it's, it's too much. Jesus, the lies, I break off the lies in Jesus' name. And I declare and release desire into our hearts. Desire to connect with you, a drawing of your spirit into the secret place that we would be a people who know you deeply a people who feel safe with you because we've spent time with you. Thank you that you're inviting us into that. Release desire to be a people of prayer. Desire to be a people of power, to be people who move your heart. Release desire that this week we would see a shift of more desire for you and that there would be an ease. That's going to cost us something. Give us strength to lay down the things, to... Take five more minutes to open up the Bible, to put on a worship song, to take a minute longer than the last time, to start something new. Whatever that looks like, Holy Spirit, would you speak to each person in this room and create hunger and desire? I believe actually he's going to give, start giving you ideas on how to spend time with him this week. So if a new idea is popping into your mind, maybe it's going for a walk with him. Maybe it's putting in headphones, going to a coffee shop. He's going to give you new ideas because his spirit is drawing us. This is a season, a time for intimacy. So Holy Spirit, just drop ideas. Maybe you see a picture of yourself opening up the Bible. Cool, go do that. Maybe you see yourself on your knees or you hear, you hear throughout this week, I feel that you're going to feel on your heart a pull. You're going to feel a draw. And I urge you, as, as that happens this week, give in to him. Give in to him. It's worth it. He is worth it. He himself is worth it.